0: Addie,
1: Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill? Addy, the FDA approved little pink pill is also affordable and can be shipped
0: directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at
1: Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I com. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait.
2: Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds.
0: Dante Chini has been here before. He co-authored a piece for the Wall Street Journal that caught my eye that I think you're really going to find of interest. He's the director of the American Communities Project. He is the Politics Counts columnist for the Wall Street Journal and the author of Our Patchwork Nation. Here's the issue. Why does aging tend to make us more conservative? First of all, is that true or is that a, uh, you know, is that a canard? It seems that, and it's always been accepted that the older you get, the more conservative you become. But what does the data say? This is Dante Chini. Dante, thank you for coming back to the program.
3: Yep, thanks. I'm glad to be here.
0: Does it, uh, is it born out in the data? I mean, is it true that traditionally we grow more conservative as we age?
3: Yeah, I think it's true. So we did this work for the Wall Street Journal, and what we did is looked at generations, the silent generation. We used definitions from Pew, silent generation, baby boomers, uh, Generation X, millennials, and, and Gen Z, who's still entering the voting, really, population right now. And we looked at, you know, what their partisanship was over time. So not how they voted, but just whether they called themselves Democrats or Republicans. Uh, what, what is their self-identifier? Um, And when you look at it, yeah, over time, the Democratic number tends to decline and the Republican number tends to rise. Now, there are a lot of independents in there, so it's not like they change places like they used to be really Democratic and now they're really Republican. But the gap narrows. In some cases, the lines do cross. But, like, there definitely does seem to be, when you look at the trend over time, a movement toward, at least in the data we looked at, becoming more Republican over time. Conservative at this point, you know, it's it's, it's hard to know what, what words mean anymore, the way politics are in this country. But definitely, yeah, the, the data suggests that as you age, you become more Republican.
0: It's important, and I know this from reading your analysis, it's important to know, well, where did these folks start on the continuum or on the, right. on, on the scale of, of political thoughts?
3: Yeah, so we thought that was so there, there's been a lot of discussion about this point lately, about whether or not, because gen, millennials and, and Gen Z have started so far democratic. That when you compare them to past generations, they're just much, they're, they're very, very democratic. And there's been a lot of debate. <laughs> if, if you do data journalism, you read these pieces where it's like millennials are becoming more conservative. No, they're not becoming more conservative. Yes, they are becoming more conservative. And the trend suggests, I guess, they're becoming more Republican So what we wondered was like well sure i mean this may be true that they're becoming more republican but part of the debate and part of the story is not just where you end up but where you start so if you start 20 points democratic as a generation and you age and you become 10 points more republican you're still pretty democratic so that was what we wanted to see and what we thought was the most important thing to to, to look at in the piece well one of the most important things which is it's not just that you move one way or the other where you start really makes a big, big difference.
0: Doesn't it also matter on whose watch you came of age politically? When I think about my own uh, views over the years, I mean, I, I came of age. I registered to vote for the first time in the spring of 1980 on Ronald Reagan and George Herbert Walker Bush's watch. That impacted me. The 80s being the Reagan 80s was of, of great significance to me. I imagine that if you came of age and registered to vote while Donald Trump was president, that's that's going to have a different uh, you know, reaction.
3: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. So this, this, we, we thought the same thing, just uh, talking to people in the newsroom, just like, you know, we felt the same way. And when you start looking it up in terms of political science and like there's a theory about this and it's called the impressionable, the impressionable years hypothesis. And there's this theory that kind of the political environment where you enter exactly what you're saying, when you kind of enter the voting stream. Uh, which is like between 18 and 24, you can change and generations do move as, as we've talked. But like that thing where you start, that, that point of entry ends up being very important. So those impressionable years end up playing a role in, in where you start and, and kind of how far you move. And you're right. It, it is a really one of the things I think if if I was a Republican, one thing, that, one thing I'd be worried about is the way the Republican Party is right now under Trump what we're seeing with, with millennials and Gen Z may be problematic uh, over time because this this hard break to the Democrats, there could be a number of things driving it, but it's hard to ignore the Trump the, the Trump factor. Trump definitely tends to appear to older voters for the most part. So uh, I we're starting to see maybe that impressionable years hypothesis like having long term effects or millennials, and again, Gen Z, who we really don't even know exactly what they look like yet. They're still entering still entering the voting pool.
0: Dante Chini is, I like that, I'll use that, a data journalist with the Wall Street Journal.
2: This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM.
0: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4.
1: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
0: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at
1: meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Doors take us to summers away. Or winter adventures. And afternoon getaways. post program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app.
0: Dante Chini is a data journalist with the Wall Street Journal. So it sounds like it's more sophisticated, more complicated than just saying, as you get older, you earn more money, usually, than you did when you were young, and you want to hold on to it and pay less taxes. But is there nevertheless something to that?
3: I think there is. So I, we think that that's one of the, look, it's hard when you talk to people about this, it's, uh, and, and experts on this. Look, a lot of this is kind of supposition and theories, but like, obviously the idea and people will say this, yeah, you start acquiring things and all of a sudden you might feel differently about taxes or you might feel differently about different kinds of programs or, or like what you want to see out of the government. But I think the other thing that we might be missing and that, that, some people, experts will acknowledge this a little bit as well, is, you know, as as you get older and older, the world changes around you. This is especially true now, right? We're watching the world change dramatically, it feels like, (laughs) monthly, right? The world is just moving at a faster, faster pace. So some of, like, quote-unquote, being conservative may be just like a longing for the way things used to be. And I think different generations feel that in different ways. I think people, different people feel that in different ways. But I think some of it is like the economic thing we talk about. And then also socially, culturally, the environment changes. Some people are fine with that. Uh, some people move with it. But others, I think, have a harder time accepting that the world's a different place than it used to be. And I, I wish it was the way it was in the past. And I think that's a driver as well.
0: Okay, I want to ask a question or two about the American Communities Project while I have you. But as we leave this aspect of our conversation, give me the takeaway in 30 seconds. What do people most need to know about the data and whether as we age, we grow more conservative?
3: I would say that, look, the data suggests we do get more conservative or more Republican as we age. Where you start matters a lot. It matters a lot. And these millennials and Gen Z voters that are entering the electorate right now are far to the left. Will they move rightward over time? Probably. But where they started is going to play a big, big role in where they end up. And so, yes, there is movement to the right. But where you start matters. And it's going to be a really interesting watching these generations age. is going to be fascinating. Gen Z and millennials in particular.
0: Dante, you're involved in a project that asks Americans to define their country themselves and in the past year, the American Communities Project has done that by visiting four different counties and asking passers-by to define 25 words, including America, and the responses, which show a range of opinions. What's this all about?
3: So this is a project that the American, uh, the, the American Communities Project is based at Michigan State uh, University. I, I live in D.C., but I, I travel back and forth I'm on the road right now. Uh, and what we're doing is we got a grant from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation to study what we call American fragmentation, how divided the nation is becoming. And what the ACP does, the American Community Project does, it breaks all the counties in the country into 15 different types of place scattered around the country. And then we use those to try to understand, get beyond red and blue, and kind of understand what's driving these fissures that are emerging in the country. And one thing we did is went to four very different communities, and read them these 25 words and just said, what do these words mean to you? Explain what these words mean to you as kind of an entree into this idea of what, how divided we are. The, the, the results, which are the videos on the site are really fascinating. Um, just even what people say about first amendment, second amendment, America, freedom. There was a really interesting response to the idea of what work, what does work mean? Um, it's just really fascinating stuff If people are interested in that kind of thing. I really would suggest clicking by, the site at org, and uh, it's called Listening to the Nation. It's it's pretty interesting stuff.
0: Can I tell you what I found most significant from from my reading of the summary? It's, it's this. Uh, the fact that well, this is not in your data, but we all know this to be the case, that Joe Biden remains underwater and has an approval rating of, of somewhere yeah. in the very low 40 percent range. Maybe it's 40, maybe it's 41. Yeah. And yet in your data, in your framing, I'll just read from it. No matter where they call home, most Americans say their lives are going well. Nationally, 87% of yeah. Americans report their lives are headed in the right direction. And then further along, apparently the question is, well, how's your community doing? 63% say my community's headed in the right direction. And then you say, while Americans largely agree that their lives and their communities are heading in the right direction, they broadly express very negative views about the trajectory of the nation. And I couldn't help but think, is that media influence? Like, yeah, I'm all right, and my community's all but damn, what I'm watching on TV is horrible. Right.
3: Those other people, boy, things aren't going well for them, and what a mess they are. Right. Yeah, we definitely think that's some of that. So, So we just released this today, this massive survey asking people all these questions and yeah the the wrong direction because it is a right track my life's on the right track my community's kind of on the right track the country is going to hell in a handbasket that's what the data say right And the other thing we it's fascinating stuff. the other thing we ask them is what are the top issues in your community and what are the top issues for the nation and you see these very strange discrepancies where communities like we have this community called the evangelical hubs they're largely based in the south they don't see immigration as a big issue in their communities because they, they, they tend to not have a lot of immigrants in them. But nationally, they see it as this massive problem. So they're getting that from some other uh, source of information, which I think does go into news consumption and what, what people are reading. There's, there's lots of stuff in there like that about homelessness, this divide between what people perceive to be a really big issue where they live, what they experience every day, what, what they're going through, and then what they think is going on in the country, those gaps are fascinating. Uh, and they're really what this project is about exploring. And and we we did this survey. Now we're gonna go out in the field and go to some of these communities and see what these what these questions look like in reality and we think it's gonna be really interesting work.
0: Ronald Reagan famously in that debate in the fall of 1980 with Jimmy Carter. They only debated once. But, of course, he at the end said, are you better off than you were four years ago? And it was devastating to Carter. It seems to me like if I'm the Biden campaign and I'm I'm just this is just a thought exercise. I'm not here to carry their water. But if I'm looking at your data, I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, we got to frame this a little differently because nearly 90 percent of Americans say, yeah, I'm doing well.
3: Right. Right, and it, and it is like, it does go to this thing that, that the project's really about, too, where it's just, there is this difference. We all live in bubbles, right? We really do. And the only information we get about the world outside of our bubble is through other people and through other media sources. Inside the bubble, we have all these points of, you know, data points, really. Things we see on the street, how we feel about our lives, like how things are going day to day. That all seems fine. It's when you shift to this other world outside the bubble, that people don't really experience. They only experience through media and social media. That's when the view changes We and we do. We also think that's like, I mean, I, you know, it's the Biden people should do whatever they're going to do. But it's fascinating to us that that divide exists. And, yeah, and me too. I don't know because it's not even about Biden and about and about politics so much as like if we're going to get anything done in this country, we've got to start bridging those gaps.
0: Dante, this was great stuff. And I'll make sure to put in my social media, the American Communities Project. We already posted the the piece that you wrote for the journal that I discussed. Thank you so much for your willingness to drop by again and discuss your work.
3: Uh, Thanks. It's great to be here and uh, love the show.
0: Thank you. That's Dante Cheney. Flattery gets you everywhere, he knows, with the host of this program. So, gang, can I just drill down on that last point? How's your life going? Eighty seven percent of Americans say my life is headed in the right direction. Only 11 percent say that they are on the wrong track. Really? How's your community doing? Sixty three percent going in the right direction. So you feel good about yourself. You feel really good about yourself. You feel good about your community. How about the country? Ho oh, ho! country's going to hell in a handbasket. It's got to be a media thing. Right. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, you're right. You see, I'm thinking of the demo. I'm thinking of of some some some, you know, seasoned citizens who are satisfied with their station in life. And then they're, they're turning on a particular outlet. And it's like, oh, my God, all the looting and the mayhem and the smash and grab. And by the way, all those things are real and need to be dealt with. But then they have a perception that in their little world, they're not exposed to that. But boy, everybody else must
2: be. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius X. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and any time on the Sirius XM app.
0: Uh, Sean, Bristol, Rhode Island, what did you most want to say?
2: Hey, Michael,
3: I really like the way your two guests uh, to get today, I think, really complimented one another. Where your first guest on social media was talking about the extremes, the 25% on either end, really right. were that where the media was was pushed to and then your second one your second guest just now talking about how you know you feel good about yourself but the media really it makes you feel that the rest of the world's going to hell in a handbasket totally
0: agree with you francis francis haugen and dante Chini ought to be heard together maybe we yeah we'll have to figure something out to do so we'll have them back to back for a podcast sean hello in saint paul what did you want to say Yes, when I was 18, I was literally a card carrying socialist. I was a member of the Democratic Socialists of America. Heck, I was a Bernie fan in the early 2000s. It was cool to be a Bernie fan. But now I am uh, uh, less than a year from turning 40, and now I consider myself a centrist, uh, moderate Democrat. To and what, do you, now, to what course, do you attribute that? To what do you attribute that? I think just. Growing up and seeing that things in the world aren't as simple as I first thought that they were. Right. Uh, and. I yeah, feel that way, too. Uh, I would say because I started out so far to the left that my switch didn't involve me becoming a Republican, but it did involve me becoming a, a, a centrist Democrat. I was just so far to the left. I still, well, I was I still remain a Democrat. In in my case, I was so far to the right, and the words that I love to to use here and use in my newsletter is something that I lacked at the time, which was critical thinking. John, you're in Houston, Texas. What do you most want to say?
1: Well, two things. I think you rely a little bit too much on polling, which might be skewed because I don't think your audience your audience is stuck in the middle like you are necessarily. And then number two. The uh, America, we're, you know, there's at least two factions of America. There's those that, you know, have nothing and they're struggling and those who have something. You know, I'm blessed enough to have a closet full of John Lobes and, a, you know, a human door full of Cuban cigars. But, but nice. you know, that ain't the guys working for me uh, and the uh, gas can put in the trucks and all the other stuff that goes into my business. So I, I think that uh, informs the way people feel about John,
0: Is John, you sound like a guy who knows the answer. Is it Loeb or lob?
1: I say Lobe. I mean, I have a place in Scotland, and so that's what they say uh, when you're on uh, St James Street. If you've ever been to the store, but you know, uh, TC, uh, tell, tell the say. gentleman.
0: Um, tell John, the gentleman,
1: John. He, he would like to point out the shoes that he's wearing right now. Right, that is what Michael would like to point out. Yeah, that's yes. enough. No description no necessary, description necessary, John. But that's why he asked. Thank it's you. It's just
0: the greatest. It's yeah, the greatest so feel.
1: Well, right, Michael and I have too much in common. That's why I'd never call in, John. John,
0: the greatest feel on a foot that i've ever had honest to god it's just like it's like a question
1: about it i mean this is they're geniuses
0: they are geniuses yes they are thank you john that's really that's really cool that's really funny uh pete baltimore maryland what did you most want to say
3: I, i must need a new friend base only because no one i know is doing better at all they were everyone stays home we're not spending anything discretionary uh if you ask us if we're okay, the answer is sure, we're okay, but we are falling behind rapidly and, and
0: not happy. <laughs> so you would you would not be among the 87% when asked if their lives are going well. I need to get the exact wording of that question, but let's assume that's what it is. And I said, Pete, is your life going well? You'd say what?
3: Absolutely not.
0: Not. I, I'm sorry I to hear that. I'm,
3: I am getting by, I'm getting by right? but I've... Uh, battling for everything.
0: I wonder. I wonder what result. Thank you, Pete. And I hope that turns. Uh, I wonder what result we would get. We'll put that on the roster for a potential poll question, and then compare our result and see how how would you word how it? we stack up. Just just that way. Just that way. Evan, greetings in LA. Hi.
1: Hello, Michael. Love your show. Thanks.
3: Okay. First of all. I feel blessed, but I believe my community is worse off than it was four years ago. I'm, I live in a suburb in Los Angeles, uh, and I see homelessness. I see what was ha- what has happened since, particularly before pre-COVID, not particularly four years ago, but pre-COVID. I believe that our city has decayed quite a bit.
0: I think I think you'd be Evan. I think you'd be hard pressed to identify people who are city residents wherever that may be, who feel differently than Evan does. If if Evan feels that way about L.A., I'm sure the people of San Francisco, I'm certain they feel it about San Francisco. And I know that the people who live in the city of Philadelphia feel the same way, and I know the people in New York feel the same way. I think that's a city thing, and it's a shame.
2: Hear more of Michael Smirconish on SiriusXM's POTUS, Channel 124.
1: Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east, or anytime on the SXM app.
2: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.
1: Michael Smirkanish for Independent Minds.